Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the weekly research roundup for research published between the 9th and 15th of August 2022. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the ME Association. There have been four new ME CFS studies and 13 studies on long COVID this week. We have highlighted two of the studies. Paper 2 is a very small pilot study looking at immune cells under a transmission electron microscope, TEM, which is able to magnify objects by 2 million times. The study looks at cells in only four participants, a pair of identical twins, one with moderate ME and one without, as well as two unrelated participants which were age and gender matched, one with very severe ME and a healthy control, i.e. this study had two people with ME and two healthy controls. This study found some significant morphological changes in blood cells and in the mitochondria. Compared to healthy controls, participants with ME-CFS were found to have increased apoptotic involved in the removal of damaged cells and increased neurotrophic cells, which is cell injury, death. Swollen mitochondria increase in platelet aggregation, which is the process in which platelets adhere to each other at sites of vascular injury. And this suggests a role of platelet activity in disease. As well as within the severe ME case, cells were found to have increased lipid droplet organelles, which suggested a lipid storage disorder. These findings were all in line with previous studies and showed some important correlations with disease severity. Some important points to note from this study. Few other studies have looked at ME-CFS cells in such detail under the microscope. When looking at healthy controls under a microscope, they also have disordered mitochondria, but it's the ratio of healthy to non-healthy mitochondria which matters. All participants in the study were male, which is fine, but studies have shown that males and females participants differ. So from this study, we don't know anything about this difference in the cells, as well as the fact that ME affects more women than men. There's also a lack of detail about the participants, such as illness onset, which could in turn affect the immune cells. A strength of this study is the inclusion of identical twins, which removes a lot of other variation, which could be due to genetics. The findings from this study also suggest new avenues for the pathophysiological of disease and could be combined into diagnostic genetic tests, as shown from the results in the severely ill participant. This study is very small, but provides some interesting initial findings. Small studies like this help to build hypothesis theories, which allow new direction of research to be established and bigger studies to be funded, which I do hope this is followed up on. However, studies using transmission electron microscopes are labour intensive, so may never have high output studies. Paper 4 is a review article on already published studies on repeated maximum exercise testing over a 24-hour period, particularly focusing on VO2 max, which is the measurement of maximum oxygen consumption while exercising. The aim of this review was to report the main differences in the change between these two exercise events. 
In reviewing the evidence, the main findings from this review show that when completing a second exercise test 24 hours apart, that the work rate at anaerobic threshold and not the change in VO2 max is reduced and very different for people with ME-CFS compared to healthy controls. These findings are shown to be clinically relevant and useful for differentiating between people with ME-CFS and healthy controls. This study was limited by the number of studies that could be included, with only four studies supporting the finding relating to work rate at anaerobic threshold. Despite this, the authors also predicted the proportion of future studies that could be conducted in a similar setting that would report findings that demonstrate similar findings, especially which exceed a clinically relevant threshold. This was predicted to be 78%. There are a lot of interesting findings in this paper showing a reduced anaerobic capacity in people with ME-CFS. However, I personally found this paper very hard to read and digest, with lots of acronyms throughout the paper. If you are interested in reading the study in full, there is a read aloud function online. In our weekly roundup on the 8th of July 2022, we reviewed the recently published paper looking at treatment with oxaloacetate. Here we address some of our concerns about this piece of research. We have been contacted by Alan Cash, the CEO of Terra Biological LLC, who has provided us with a response to our review, which we have provided below. For the purpose of this audio recording, I have shortened some of the comment as it is quite lengthy. One critique suggests that oxoacetate cannot penetrate the cells and thus cannot make a difference in metabolism. Our work has shown that using GCMS-based 13 isoprome analysis, which is an analytical technique which can identify substances in a sample, indicates that oxoacetate has absolutely no problem in penetrating the cell. In addition, a number of papers have already been published that show that oxoacetate can be used by the cell. Some of the participants did drop out during this trial, and this happens in almost every trial. A previous published study has shown that this is the case in studies, indicating that 95% report some missing data. In this study, ME-CFS participants dropped out, for example, when they contracted COVID. No one dropped out because of the cost of the trial, as it was supplied as free. This study was also conducted by Terra Biological LLC, which also markets oxoacetate. Where this is true, but this happens in nearly every other drug developed in the United States. This is common practice in the US for developing drugs and it means that the companies have invested in potentially finding a treatment for the disease. The control group included historical. This is often the case in pilot studies where it is important to control costs and to see if there is a result that bears additional investigation. In this study, the Chandler fatigue score was also used in this trial because it could give a rapid picture of both the physical and mental fatigue improvements. Previous studies on ME-CFS patients have shown that compared to normal controls, there is a shortage of oxoacetate in the blood plasma. And because of this, oxoacetate is a food and we were able to put oxoacetate onto the market as a medical food to help ME-CFS patients now instead of five years from now.
We shall continue to keep the MES Association updated with our progress on this study and thank you for providing us with a forum where we can respond to the concerns raised. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly Research Roundup. I will be back next week with the next instalment.